0: And welcome to episode 28 of Role Play Grow, the podcast for tabletop entrepreneurs, creators, and fans. I am Courtney Stover of Lightheart Adventures, and in this podcast, we talk to the creators behind the brands and the tabletop roleplay gaming space about who they are and how they are turning their passion for gaming into a career. Brandon Dingus is the co-founder and content manager of Goblins and Growlers, a Richmond, Virginia-based TTRPG events and content company. He also plays a triple-multi-class over-the-hill pro wrestler in the actual play podcast Quid Pro Role, and co-hosts the Goblins and Growlers podcast, a bi-weekly show that muses on various gaming and TTRPG interests. So what does the TTRPG events company look like? Think about Trivia Night at your local brewery and replace the trivia with D&D. Much better, right? Maybe I'm biased because I am terrible at trivia, but Goblins and Growlers is a pretty cool origin story, and I think you'll enjoy learning all about it and how they've pivoted during the quarantine times and about Brandon's other podcasts. I do need to give a brief content warning as at about the 39 minute and 45-ish second mark, there is a short story that mentions a suicidal attempt. So if you need to skip that content, you should be good until about the 39 minute mark, and then I would advise skipping ahead a few minutes. As usual... I've got a few items of business to go over before we jump into the interview. If you've been hanging around before, you know that I sometimes mention some of the other things that we do at Lightheart Adventures, like our map packs over on DM's Guild. With Wild Beyond the Witchlight releasing last week, I'm excited to say that we will have a new map pack coming out for this latest D&D adventure very soon. Britain powered through the book on a speed read and is already hard at work on developing some battle maps to help fill in the gaps. Follow us on Twitter at LightheartADV to keep up with when we release this new map pack. And you can find all of our map packs by either going to DMsGuild.com and searching for Lightheart Adventures as the author. Or you can go to LightheartAdventures.com shop to find all our DMs Guild and drive-through RPG publications in one spot. Some other ways you can support the show are via our Patreon page, which has a few different tracks depending on whether you'd like maps and adventures or tailored content for this podcast including contributing questions for upcoming guests, a spotlight on our website, and even a shout out on this podcast. You can also check out our affiliates like Friday Afternoon Tea. Friday just released her fall teas, and I'm currently making my way through all of them. So far, I've tried the pumpkin chai and caramel apple, and I love both of them. The caramel apple is super sweet and desserty, and the pumpkin chai combines two of my favorite things. If you also want these delicious sounding teas or want to try her very large assortment of nerdy teas, go to FridayTea.com and enter in code LightHeartADV to receive 10% off your order and help support this show. Alrighty, let's go meet Brandon. I am very excited today to introduce you to Brandon Dingus, the co-founder and content manager of Goblins and Growlers and podcaster. Hello, Brandon. How are you today?
1: I'm fine, Courtney. How are you doing today?
0: Good. I'm enjoying some really nice weather and looking forward to learning about what all you do.
1: Uh, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. It's kind of a, a scattered story full of lots of different data points, but I'll see what I can do.
0: You know, those are the best stories. I always Mm -hmm. love it when it's like people just kind of stumble into things, but it's fun. It's real life. Yeah. But yeah, to start things off, can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into gaming?
1: Oh, yeah. So I, at the end of this year, I turned 40. So that's sort of where I am in life. Uh, I've been gaming since the mid 90s. I started playing second edition D&D with uh, a friend of mine who lived down the street. Uh, He, for many years, was my uh, DM played lots of rogues and stuff in his campaigns. So I played second edition, you know, probably for about six or seven years, then I took a break from gaming in college, just because I got really busy. So I got out of college in like 2004. And I had this sort of attitude of like, well, I'm a grown up now. So I really shouldn't be doing that kind of thing anymore. So I sort of focused on being an adult who has a job and pays bills and all that stuff and uh, got married and, you know, moved around a little bit. And then Another friend of mine from high school reached out to me uh, at one point in like 2012. He was like, hey, man, I was wondering if you'd like to get back into D&D. Uh, and this was another guy who had DM for me pretty regularly once upon a time. And, you know, a bunch of us from back back in the high school days, had sort of scattered to the winds. So we started a Skype game that we played every three to four weeks or so. And we did that for several years. Uh, And we we started playing it again in second edition because that's what all of us knew because none of us kept up to date with like third edition, 3.5, Pathfinder, fourth edition. But then when fifth edition came out, we made the switch over to that. And that really got me back into gaming sort of really heavily, you know, when that came out in 2014. And within the next like four years or so, I got a little deeper into it and my Skype game fell apart just because I had a bunch of other like commitments and stuff like that. And that sort of put me into another sort of like gaming desert that uh, I emerged from ultimately at the start of Goblins and Growlers, which, you know, I'm sure we'll get to in just a minute. But that's how I sort of got into, you know, D&D and just various tabletop role playing games over the past, I guess, I guess almost 30 years at this point.
0: Okay. And what are you playing right now?
1: Right now, I'm playing fifth edition. Uh, for our podcast Quid Pro Roll that comes out every Thursday, quidproroll.podbean.com, uh, where I play a um, triple multi classed over-the-hill professional wrestler in sort of a fantasy setting, who, <laughs> along with his compatriots, is on a holy mission to uh, bring metallic dragons back to the world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is amazing.
1: <laughs> I pr- I, pro- I promise it make well. I was about to say I promise it makes sense in context, but if if Alex, our, our GM, were here, he would be like, just shut up. Because you're lying to people, <laughs> um, so that's that's sort of where I'm getting my primary hit of gaming these days. We record our podcast every other week on Wednesday nights now, and uh, then aside from that, me and some high school friends have uh, over the last year we really started doing this during quarantine, getting back together and playing a Discord like a Discord game of D and D, and we decided to start taking turns running games. I ran some like low level adventures I'd written. And then uh, another one of us was like, Hey, man, do you care if I run the next game? So now I'm playing in a World of Darkness game for the first time ever, which I've always wanted to do, but just never made the time for.
0: Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen a lot about World of Darkness. But I just, and I've even read a couple of one shot adventures, but I've never played either.
1: Yeah, I was talking to somebody about it recently. And they were like, Oh, well, what kind what flavor of, of WD are you playing? Is it like, you know, Changeling, or is it Werewolf, or Vampire, or whatever? And I was like, man, I don't know. All I know is that I'm playing as a British Indian in the 1940s right now, and only some vaguely supernatural stuff has started happening. So, like, oh, I, I still have no idea what flavor of World of Darkness it is, because we're only like four sessions in, and he's doing a very <laughs> slow reveal, teasing us with things. So, I really don't know. I have a feeling it's going to be Great Old Ones-esque by the time we get there. Nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you mentioned quid pro roll. So let's go ahead and dig into that a little bit. Can you, what can you tell us about that podcast?
1: Um, okay, so this, this is where it starts like being like a complicated. Thing. It would be easier for me to start talking about goblins and growlers and okay. then transition into quid pro roll.
0: We can do that then. Tell okay. us what goblins and growlers is. Okay, so
1: goblins and growlers started in 2018, but the kernels of it probably started in late 2017. There was a bookstore in town. And the one of the managers at the bookstore was running essentially pickup D&D games and he would post on Reddit advertising it. And at the time, like, you know, I was in my gaming desert and I was poking around on like the RVA or RVA D&D subreddits uh, so I could maybe see what kind of like public gaming scene there was in Richmond. Because at, at that point, I would lived here for like 11 years and had no idea what the gaming scene was in town. Cause I worked, I used to work at a newspaper, so I worked nights all the time. So I was, it was very difficult for me to like get to an in-person game. So poked around, found this bookstore. I showed up, I overcame some social anxiety and just showed up uh, to try and play D with some strangers. And uh, it ended up being really fun. I actually, I met two guys there who I had sort of met like two weeks prior at a mutual friends party so it was kind of a nice coincidence. So I'm like, oh, well, I at least am familiar with these two human beings. I'm like, oh, hey, you remember me. I'm, you know, I was the guy who could, couldn't could figure out how to play the new Mario Kart game at that party two weeks ago. And we ended up getting to talking and this pickup game thing went on. It was uh, uh, every two weeks kind of thing. It went on for, gosh, like maybe seven or eight months. I'm not really sure. Oh yeah, that's okay. Um, the timeline's coming back together in my head. So yeah, so that started around like, june of 2017 and then the bookstore ended up closing because the landlord closed it down on them like right around christmas of 2017 so we played a couple of games at like one of the dedicated players houses and then we eventually found a new location at a hostel in town and so we just kept you know we'd show up to the hostel and you know and it was just like whoever wanted to show up could show up you know bring you know bring a character that's x level or whatever. And uh, we'll just play and you know, it was a really simple thing like the adventures weren't complicated. Usually it was just some combat scenarios strung together with a loose narrative. But the point is, we were all playing. So at that point, I was just sort of like struggling with like, trying to find some other kind of purpose in my life, because I felt like I was really just kind of going through the motions. So uh, my wife at the time said, maybe you should try and turn that into something since you really enjoy, uh, you know, gaming and stuff. Maybe there's a way you could make that like, you know, a capital T thing. So I ended up just cold calling a brewery in town and being like, Hey, you know, I know you guys run trivia nights and things like that. What if we ran like a public Dungeons and Dragons game? And they were like, well, we don't know what you're talking about. So we'll have to get back to you. So about a week or so later, one of them got back to me and was like, well, we talked about it and, you know, we're not really sure like how this would like work out. Like do people who play you know, D and D do they drink? Like what kind of business is this going to bring in for us? And it involved like just sort of explaining D and D to them and stuff like that. So ultimately they said, well, let's try it, you know, maybe like do it, you know, every other week, try it for four sessions and see what happens. So I started like advertising it on Facebook. I told like the bookstore people uh, who were now the hostile people like, Hey, this is a thing that I'm starting. Like I would love it if you would all come. And we ended up having like 30 or 40 people come that first night. Uh, Two weeks later, it was probably 40 or 50 people. At one point, we had 70 people show up at one of these games. Uh, So I was just like, I had no idea what to expect. So I was just like drafting people to run tables and everything like that. So anyway, I'll take a break there because I just dumped a lot of info out there (laughs) in case there's any comments or questions you want to add at that point.
0: I mean, yes, absolutely. But up to 70 people right when you first started in that first month. It was
1: nuts. It was one of those things like you're just looking at it. you're like what is happening? What <laughs> is happening? And, and like I it was people who I barely knew, who I'd maybe like talked to a couple times at the hostel games. I would be like, "Hey, can you run a table for me? <laughs> Please." <laughs> and you know, everybody everybody was totally down for it. Uh, so it was it was like a super good time.
0: Yeah, that's wild.
1: Yeah, it it was well and beyond any reasonable expectation of attendance. Mm-hmm. Like I had like I had to drop out of a game that I was running privately for some friends so I could like turn some focus onto this. And one of the guys uh, who was in that game was like, well, you know, it's probably going to work out like you're going to get a few people who, you know, come to try it out and then it'll boil itself down to maybe like 10 or 12 people that come regularly. Spoiler, that's not what happened. Um <laughs> So after the four like the four session thing uh, wound down, because because I was also writing all original content for this, because part of the thing about goblins and growlers is we do all our own original content, because it would really suck if you showed up to play D anD D one night and it was something you'd already played. Mm-hmm. Um, so we so I was like staying up till three in the morning writing an adventure and then you know printing it out, giving it to people so they could run it and everything. So I was emailing all kinds of folks. By this point, uh, another guy had decided to get involved and he was like, Hey man, I would like you to really bring me aboard. We can really work on this as a, um, I can be part of this. I can help market it and things like that. Originally it was just me and this one other guy and he, that guy's no longer with the business, but this other guy that came on Alon, he is, uh, he's uh, like a professional marketer in real life. So it was really helpful. So, uh, we got together and we started figuring out like, well, okay, like, can we monetize this? So we ended up approaching the brewery we were at and telling them like, Hey, you know, we're bringing you all this business. We want a piece of it. And they ended up offering us like a flat fee per session for it. And we rejected it. And then they ended up coming back to us with a percentage, which was good. So we ended up scheduling regular events there. So we had a contract with them that was like went on for like three months, three or four months. I can't remember because it's been a while. So like, you know, honest to God business contract to provide this stuff. And like our dungeon masters are getting paid with free drinks and things like that. And based on the strength of that, some guys from another brewery in town came to one of these events and invited us to run games at their brewery. So immediately we've got two locations. So every other Monday, we're running something at the first brewery. And then every other Tuesday, we're running something at the second one. So there was... We were literally running a game every week. And (laughs) at that point, everything just sort of started to spiral out of control because Alon and somebody else uh, started running a, uh, like a a charity game at a local cat cafe, like once a month on Sundays, we eventually expanded to a third location, a brewery that was like outside of downtown. So we could try and attract some customers from other parts of the city. We ran at a deli for a while, I think (laughs) um, too, but Anyway, you had originally asked about quid pro quo, so this is where it sort of ties into that. So as Alon and I were really kind of focused on seeing what we could do with this thing, like we we realized there was a lot of interest in this in the community, and like what other ways can we grow this and maybe like become a real business with it. And I said, this is a story I love to tell, and he used to hate that I tell this story, but now he really he just leans into it. We were at Queen City Anime Con a couple of weeks ago. And we got to tell this story one more time and he always loves it, especially when I do it during a panel. But <laughs> I was like, we need to create a podcast because we could use that as sort of a marketing vehicle for what we're doing. He's like, no, that's too much work. We don't need to, we don't need to start podcasts. podcast. We don't need to do that. And I was like, well, okay, you know, we're busy enough. I'm not really going to fight you on this, but I do think it's something that we need to look at. So then like two weeks later, he goes to dragon con, <laughs> which is actually where he is right now. And, uh, he goes to Dragon Con, and then he comes back from Dragon Con, and he calls me. He's like, hey, man, let's go get a beer. I want to talk to you about something. And we sit down. We get a beer. He's like, so I think we need to start a podcast. I was <laughs> like, you son of a... Because uh, he um, he went to a bunch of gaming panels, and he talked to some folks who were involved with, like I think, like Paizo and Wizards and stuff like that, and explained sort of what we were doing. And they were like, yeah, man, you like need to start a podcast. You're late to the game, but you need to start a podcast. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. We started thinking about what we were going to do, and... Like right about then was when I had seen something on Facebook for a local comic book shop, Alpha Comics and Games, conveniently located in Willow Lawn in Richmond, Virginia. It was uh, having a monthly event they called DMMD, Dungeon Masters Mastering Dungeons. And basically it was like a roundtable discussion for Dungeon Masters to go to show up there. And talk about issues you're having in your game, like that you can't talk about with your players, because then you'll be like spoiling stuff for them. So it's actually a brilliant idea. It was so brilliant that I told Alon, we need to go to this next week so we can steal the idea for ourselves. (laughs) So so, uh, we met up and went over there after work one day. And uh, there were only like four or five people there. But we ended up talking uh, to this woman who was running it uh, named Alex. Uh, She's one of the co-owners of the store. And uh, we just ended up having a really good conversation. Like we we were all there until like an hour after the store closed, just chatting. And there was another guy, Gabe, who was there, who uh, was friends with Alex. And uh, it ended up just being really good. And then I felt really like guilty that I was like, I'm going to steal this idea. We're going to ruin them. <laughs> but Alon later called me and was like, hey, you know how we were talking about that podcast. I think it'd be great if we get Alex to be the DM for it. because you know, there needs to be a lot more representation for, you know, women in gaming and her being the DM, I think is something that could really set us apart. And, you know, one thing that I didn't like mention when I was talking about sort of the growth of Goblins and Growlers is like one of the reasons that I really, it really became sort of a passion for me is because when you're younger, you can play d all the time because you and your friends have nothing to do. But, you know, you become a grown ass adult and it gets almost impossible to get five to six people together you know, you know, once a month, let alone once a week for regular D and D and there's a lot of stigma around gaming stores, especially if you're not, you know, I'm going to say kind of like a, a white man, you know, there's a lot of intimidation that people can feel in those situations. That's what's been like, that's, what's been communicated to me. Uh, and you know, I've even felt it going into a gaming store where it, where I'm in like, a a new town or something like that, or just someplace I'm not familiar with. There's always that side eye that you get in there. Cause you're not like quote unquote one of us cause you're a new person there. So one of the things we wanted to do with goblins and growlers is take gaming out into a more public space and not sort of the back room of a gaming store. Uh, so that's why we went with breweries. And we also wanted to just create an environment that was so much more inclusive and nobody ever was going to feel like they were out of place being there. Um, so, you know, that, that, that was one of our goals. Um, so bringing Alex on board for quid pro roll, uh, you know, that really sort of jived with our, our mission of what we wanted to do, because we want, we want to demonstrate like normalcy of women, LGBTQ, that kind of thing, being more involved in gaming. So fortunately too, Alex already had a world that she'd been working on for like 13 years wow. Yeah. So, uh, and she was almost immediately like, yes, yes, this is perfect. So uh, we got uh, four of us together. It's me, Alon, another guy who's good friends with us, Josh, who's actually now also uh, one of the partners in the business as well. And this really great improv guy named Chapman, who was new to D&D when he started showing up at the hostel games, but quickly proved that he's like. Uh, an amazing improv guy, quick thinker. He always came up with super great character concepts and things like that. And then Alex, of course, running it. So that's how Quid Pro Role came to be. We started recording it, doing our initial test recordings toward like October, November of 2018. We recorded we recorded our first episode three times before we actually published something. Like we started with just some, you know, snowball mics at Alan's dinner table at his apartment. And it was just awful. Like the, like we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't have voices down. We just weren't acting professional with it. And then we tried it again and it still, we were like, ah, we're not comfortable releasing this, but we just kept hammering away at it until we came up with something we liked. You know, very good, good was not going to be the enemy of perfect. And we knew that we were going to learn more as we went on. So we finally released the first episode and uh, it's been aside from. Like, maybe, like one period where we were really trying to get our arms around the production schedule for it. It's been weekly ever since. Like, we had to go to bi bi weekly a couple of times. But I could talk a little bit more about sort of like the production of Quid pro Roll and how what we do there if you're interested in that. But I'll hand it back over to you because, again, that was another big info dump.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is great. It's it's funny. I have so many follow up questions. I don't even know where to start.
1: Go for it. I don't got anything to do the rest of the afternoon.
0: Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, for context, at what point or what year, I guess, was it that you started the events?
1: We started the events like honest to God as Goblins and Growlers, like advertising it as Goblins and Growlers. We were incorporated as an LLC at that point, June of 2018.
0: Okay. Also, what is the story behind that name? I really want to
1: know. <laughs> it's like I came up with the name. That's not me being like arrogant. I came up with the name and <laughs> other other people will acknowledge that. So I don't feel like I'm stealing anything. But. We were just trying to come up with something that was, like, quick, marketable, uh, evoked Dungeons & Dragons, and spoke to the fact that we were in breweries. So that's where Goblins and Growlers came from, because we're talking about, like, Growlers of of beer that you buy. Sure. Yeah, and, like, the first place that we were running, the first brewery, they had, like, some college student who was running their social media and doing a really terrible job at it. So, like, I go to all this effort of, like, goblins and growlers you know on various social medias and reddit and everything like that and then the next like two weeks later when we're getting ready to do the next one they're like come come join us on monday night for like gremlins and goblets and i was like <laughs> you mother so, and, like i had the email i'm like please don't please don't but yeah it was just it was just a name that i like i hit on everybody else liked it and you know we just ran with it like We're doing a lot more with the business these days, so there's like an honest question to be asked about whether or not it still like fits, um, especially through COVID when we hadn't been able to run any events. But you know, it is what it is, and we've got merch printed up with it on it, so that's what it is for now.
0: It is still a really cool name. Thank you. I love it. Okay, so it was 2018 when you started doing the events, and then you said it was also 2018 when you started quid pro roll. So it seems like that was a pretty quick addition.
1: Yeah, we we. Hit the ground running like really fast. And like to Alon's credit, despite his sort of initial hesitation about, yeah, we don't need a podcast. Like once he, once he was convinced of the need for it, he was full speed ahead. Like he was the one who was like talking to Alex, trying to get her on board. He was the one who was giving up his apartment for us to record. He was the one making all the scheduling calls. He was, he like fronted the money for us for the microphones that we bought and the mixer that we got. And um, we actually, Gabe, the guy who was um, at DMMD with Alex when we met her, uh, he's actually become a very integral part of not just Quid Pro Role, but also Goblins and Growlers. And he is uh, he's our audio engineer for the podcast. So we actually have a professional audio engineer who does all all the mixing. And he actually has like a degree in composition. So he composes themes for us for the podcast as well. And Alan was like paying him out of his own pocket before, like until such a time as we were finally able to pay Gabe from like the business account. So Alon, like, if if it weren't for like Alon's doggedness after he changed his mind, it would have taken a lot longer to get the podcast up and running.
0: Yeah, that I mean, for one thing, I'm a little jealous of that setup. That sounds amazing.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Gabe, uh, Gabe is so like I can't really talk like begin to approach how talented he is. We are so fortunate that he is not just a part of our business, but a part of our lives. He's a good, he's a he's a great person, great friend, and like we would be. Well, like without him, our podcast wouldn't be half as good as it is.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's always so valuable. And I'm happy for you guys that you were able to get that going so quickly, like right from the gate. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And it, you know, it was, it was stressful because at the the time I was still working at the newspaper and I was like a sort of like a mid senior manager or something there. So I had a lot of responsibilities with that. And then At least one night a week, I was running a game at a brewery, depending, you know, whatever day of the week that happened to be. And then another night a week, I was recording a podcast um, and I was also uh, trying to write content for like every week, every two weeks for one of our games. Like I wrote content for um, one of the games, like usually the Monday night game. And then the other guy who was part of the business, but isn't any longer, he would provide the content for the Tuesday night games for the longest time. So, you know, I was staying up late writing. It taught me a lot about writing adventure content and just being efficient at it. So much so that I like, I do a panel for that at conventions now.
0: Nice. <laughs> so are you able to do this full time now?
1: Oh, Lord, no. Lord, no.
0: Okay. Um, okay. <laughs>
1: you know, the business does well enough to support itself. It just doesn't do well enough to support one of us in addition to itself. So I actually, (laughs) I've, uh, you know, I'm not with the newspaper anymore because uh, in 20, you know, in in the 21st century, uh, anybody like on a long enough scale of time, anybody's newspaper career uh, has a survivability factor of zero. So I don't work there anymore. I'm actually in real life. I am a uh, professional mortgage lender. Now, which is way less okay. exciting than than <laughs> being a, a like an adventure writer, but you know, I still write lots of original content for us. Like, like me personally, my goal is like, yeah, we would be able to turn this into full time endeavor at some point. It's just not there yet.
0: Sure, and COVID certainly did not help when a lot of what you're doing was meant to be in person.
1: Yeah, it you know it was, but um, we were lucky in a, a couple of ways. I had uh, been really aggressive like pre COVID about us needing like other income streams. So we weren't re- relying hundred percent on the event revenue. So like I s- started a Patreon for us and we managed to market that really well. And we also started doing publishing and selling our stuff at events at conventions uh, and online. So we uh, you know, it was because of those things that we were able to really um, get through COVID relatively unscathed. Like we, ultimately got rid of uh, the office space that we had rented just because, like, because of COVID, we couldn't really use it. So, you know, that helped us save money over the last year, too.
0: Yeah, for sure. You say stuff at conventions, what kind of stuff do you mean?
1: So, all right, I'm going to use Queen City Anime Con as an example, because that was the last con we went to, and it was actually our first con since COVID was a thing. We decided to go because It was vaccine. You either had to have your vaccine card proof or you had to, before you could come in the building, uh, complete, you know, pass a rapid COVID test and masks were mandated throughout the whole thing. So uh, we felt like it was a pretty safe bet. But we have like four adventure books uh, that we sell. We sell class-specific illustrated character sheets that were designed by Sharon and Liz, who are part of the Feral Fox sort of artist collective in town. Uh, And they... um, They work really tightly with us. Uh, Sharon's actually one of the uh, co-owners of Goblets and Growlers now, but they do all our original artwork. Um, We sell t-shirts, buttons, like we sell all kinds of like pride flag, D20 buttons, uh, character buttons, character class buttons, like stuff, buttons for our podcast, just all kinds of stuff. We have a very well done professional map illustrate, like it's a full size, like poster size map of the game world for our podcast. That Sharon drew because she her art background is um, maps, uh, medieval illustrations, illuminations, stuff like that, because she worked a lot with uh, society for creative anachronism and still does. So that, does that answer your question? I kind of went rambling there for a minute.
0: OK, first off, all, that is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, <laughs> it did answer my question.
1: OK, so, yeah, like originally we were selling stuff like we also produce one page dungeons every month for our Patreon, which is, you know, like everything you need like a map and all the rooms and everything like that on one, eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. We started out just sort of like selling those individually. And then I said, Oh, Hey, let's put them all in a book together. And so we released that and it sold really well. So now like we've, we've like in January of this year, we released volume two of the one page dungeon compendium that we do. And it's all the one page dungeons we've created for our Patreon over the past year. We put them together in a book and then we sell the book because one page dungeons just kind of fascinate me. I love the sort of the editing and design challenge of getting all of your adventure plus your map or, or whatever on that one sheet of paper. There's actually, if anybody listening to this is unfamiliar with it, there's a really cool contest out there called the one page dungeon contest. Like we entered last year, uh, Sharon and I worked together on one that she did that was designed to look like an illuminated manuscript and so the it was the sort of the map and all the information everything like that and we either won third place or fifth place in the contest depending on how you want to treat the ties that they had at the top of the card so technically i can say that we are award-winning adventure designers
0: (laughs) that's awesome Mm -hmm entrepreneurs. I love introducing you to new creators every episode, but I could really use your support. I would love to invite you to join our Patreon page where you'll gain access to behind the scenes content, add your questions to upcoming interviews, and you could even receive a shout out on our site and an upcoming episode to learn more, go to lightheartadventures.com slash RPG. And now back to the show. So one thing that I really like to dig into is the, I mean, the business side of things on mm-hmm. this podcast. So we've talked about how you grew really quickly with just attendees. And so you were able to expand to different locations, but I'd love to know more about the behind the scenes logistics. Um, so as you were expanding so much, and then much, I guess up until the point that you had to pivot, which we'll get to that right. uh, with COVID, but I just love to know how you kind of got everything together and started strategizing.
1: Oh my God, there was a lot of frustration and <laughs> anger and tears and everything like that, no sleep. But before the, I had like a month of lead time before that first event that I started. So I wrote like, I'm maybe like two or three. I, I wrote something in an arc. So it was going to be like four parts since we were doing a four session thing. So I wrote that ahead of time, pretty much. So I had that ready to go. And what I did was I just, printed out like a dozen copies of the adventure and stapled them together and brought them with me. And I'm like, well, you know, whoever I get to, you know, run tables, I'll give this to them. They can just sort of read it live and go for it. I I did a little bit of prep work, like making sure people like Alon or Josh or whoever can like, Hey man, can you like run a table for me at this thing? So I would try to pre-plan with as many dungeon masters as I could. And then I'd just show up, we'd see how many people we had. And depending on how many dms we had determined who we like how many people we had to turn away you know so um we did that and after that first initial thing of four i'm like well crap you know we got to have more content so (laughs) started just writing and writing and writing and like i distinctly remember one like I guess it was like a Sunday night. I stay. I was up at three in the morning f- putting the finishing touches on something, and I'm just like, "All right, I'm writing this whole original thing," and then I'm just pulling some um, monsters from you know the SRD or something and plugging in there and getting it all printed out, emailing it out to people at like three thirty in the morning. Went to bed, got up at nine o'clock, and you know went to work so I could get there at ten. And it was just it was nuts. And we would all, I would also um, have a bunch of pre-gens because that's another thing is, with our events is we really encourage, we like it to be a way for people who maybe have been curious about D&D or like when they were growing up, their friend group wasn't really one that lent itself to playing D&D a lot. And then you just show up and try it out. And, you know, somebody will say, oh, well, I don't have a character. Well, you know, we got you covered. So we would have a bunch of like pre-gens. Like I would print out like 10, 10 rogues, 10, 10 fighters, 10 barbarians, et cetera, just so people can have some choice so i'd have to do that keep them all in like an accordion folder uh and everything and i'm trying to think of the other sort of logistical things oh yeah and then there was the social media promotion for it because we didn't do any kind of paid promotion or anything it was just like me starting the goblins and growlers facebook page and then just sort of like sharing the hell out of it (laughs) and then creating a goblins and growlers twitter and sharing the hell out of it and then an instagram and sharing the hell out of it and then getting on the um rva subreddit and there's also an rva D&D subreddit that's specifically devoted to finding games in richmond virginia and we also had a discord uh that we had started it's 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 kind of funny how this happened because when we first started playing at the bookstore there was a discord that we all joined to just communicate about those games and it was called rva game night and as goblins and growlers grew we went ahead and created our own discord so we could communicate with attendees and stuff about about things and so Eventually, we ended up just sort of like becoming the successor state to the RVA Game Night Discord, because like, you know, Josh is still a member of that one, but somebody will post something like once every six months in it. So we kind of essentially took over that Discord because a lot of what was driving it was uh, people playing D&D or trying to find D&D games, especially once COVID hit and they weren't doing any kind of board game meetups or anything like that. So we would promote in all those ways, you know, I would come up with like really Really like inventive, I felt like uh, Facebook promotions, like I did one, like for an event entirely in the voice of Billy Mays trying to sell something. Uh, Eventually, I I did some video editing and created like video promos for us. Uh, It was just way too much work for one, two, three, four people to be doing. It was it was insane. But eventually things just kind of took on a little bit of of a life of their own and had some inertia. Eventually Josh came to me and he said, what if we split some writing duties? So he sort of became my writing partner and we would collaborate on the game world together because we'd sort of evolved to a point where we were sort of writing our own game world. It took place in kind of a deserty kind of area we called Anakim. And so we would collaborate on the myth and the lore and how things worked there. He would be like, here's my story idea. Uh, What do you think? And I would say, That's great. Why don't you write it in five or six parts (laughs) and then we'll plan to run it over the course of like two months, two or three months. So that allowed us to like get ahead on things. And like when Josh was writing live for the Monday games, then I could be focused on other stuff like, you know, business stuff. Alon handled all our contract negotiations. He did a lot of uh, planning for promotional stuff. He was the one who got us into conventions because he started talking to like when Galaxy Con came to Richmond, you know, they... I think I think the way it went was they reached out to us because they'd heard about us and they wanted to see if they could work with us. And we ended up running their running the organized D&D in their tabletop room. And, um, you know, we had a booth there and everything. And then once Sharon came aboard, she became kind of like our operations manager. So whenever we go to a con or something like that, she's in charge of. Making sure we have all our inventory, making sure it's sorted, organized, making sure our square is set up and everything like that. So it's really kind of, an it takes a village mentality right now. And like Josh manages the discord. uh, And when we're having events, he manages coordinating events and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that's great. One thing that I'm curious about is both for writing the story and then also being the DM for a pickup group where you're going to have some people coming back each week and some people that'll come once, maybe twice, but not Mm -hmm. in a row. You know, how do you factor for that?
1: I mean, what is canon, really? You know, like, <laughs> I w- we would always preface, like, you know, say, like, part, you know, part two onward of an adventure of, like, here's sort of what was supposed to happen last time. Y- you know, your mileage may vary. And originally, I had planned that, like, after every game, we would have an email that would go out to everybody on the email list. that would be like, so here's what happened. Like, the official canonical story of what happened. And that became way too much work, and also nobody really cared. But everybody in Discord we realized was having a huge amount of fun. Like, like let's use the Monday game for example. Like Tuesday morning, hopping onto the channel we had for live events and being like, "So what happened at your table? Do, like, what? How did you guys? Def- how did you guys kill the? You know, kill that magical killer squirrel?" And somebody would be like, "What? What are you talking about? We didn't have a magical killer squirrel at our table." <laughs> so it just became this. Uh, we, we learned that it's fine not to care so much about that because people are showing up for the community of it. People are showing up for the fun of just playing a game and getting a chance to like goof off and decompress. And the Canon isn't so important. And you know, all our DMS at the beginning of the ta- the game are like, so, Hey, here's what happened last time. You know, like uh, putting like air quotes around, here's what happened. So like, this is where we're picking up from. Like, I don't, you know, I want to, th- I was about to say, nobody really cares, but like it just doesn't bother anybody because we're just there to have fun as like make new friends, build community. That's what Goblins and Growlers is about building inclusive community. And the gaming is just a way to facilitate that.
0: I really like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that everybody kind of feels that way about just. Being there to have fun.
1: I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. This is one of my favorite stories about goblins and growlers. If like, if I walk out my house after we talk and I get hit by a bus, if like, if this is the only thing I ever did in life, it will be worth it. Cause somebody, somebody told us one time, um, this was, you know, before we had to suspend events for COVID and everything like that. But they said, you know, earlier this year, I tried to kill myself and I, you know, obviously was unsuccessful. And I knew that, you know, I shouldn't have tried to do that. You know, I'm in a much better place right now. But honestly, the friends I've made here and the community at these regular events has been so integral to my recovery. I like Like, it's just been fantastic. And, you know, knowing that without even really trying, we were able to help somebody like that. Like if Goblins and Growlers went away tomorrow, it would all been worth it because it was helpful to somebody in that kind of situation. I, I, I just, it's just not something I could have ever fathomed when we started this, because I, I just wanted to play D D again. I just wanted to get together in a place where I could have a beer and play D and D like, and it's ended up growing into this community where I've made so many new friends. Like people, people have come up to me <laughs> and said like, Hey man, sorry. Like I ran into a guy at an art gallery couple of years ago, he's like, Hey, you know, sorry, I haven't been to events lately. You know, uh, some of the folks that I met there, we peeled off and we started our own private group on like uh, Wednesday nights. And it's just too much to come out to the events. I was like, don't apologize. That's what we wanted to happen. We wanted people we wanted to grow the gaming community in Richmond. We wanted people to make new connections and make new friends. And it it's happened. And it's great.
0: That is really amazing. Like, that's a really special story. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah. And, you know, like lots of people tell us similar stories to, you know, sort of lesser extents, but it's just like, yeah, you know, like this is how after I moved to this town, I was able to make friends. And it's great. It's, it's, it's great knowing that this is here because it's the kind of thing that I would have liked to have been here when I moved here.
0: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Okay. We've mentioned it a few times. So let's, let's talk about 2020. Yeah. Uh, How did you pivot when all of that happened?
1: so before queen city the last con we were at was galaxy con richmond 2020 it was in february so it was like like during the con i feel like that's right when we were starting to hear like oh like there's a COVID case in california or a COVID case in washington state and so we kept running events maybe for like a week or so after that or maybe maybe it was a couple weeks after that but then like you started there started to be all uh, lot more noise like into march about like oh you know these businesses are shutting down We like hey we really need you guys to shut down so we can help control the spread of covid and i the building where we had our offices the goblins and growlers offices were connected to a restaurant and there was a pass-through door from our from our building into the restaurant and i still think about this today just about how like how so little, everybody had so little of a grasp on what kind of event this was. There was a sign on the door that's like, hey, to help stop the spread of COVID-19, we're going to be closed for the next week. Uh, we'll we'll see you next week. Um, <laughs> that That business not only never reopened, but it actually closed and it's not there anymore. So, you know, there were some sort of mixed opinions on how things were going to go within sort of the leadership of goblins and growlers. I sort of very immediately was like, this is going to go on longer than I think we think it's going to go on. So we released a video that said we were suspending our public games for two weeks. So even we, you know, to a certain degree had sort of bought into things, but like the feeling was, we're going to see where things are in two weeks and then we'll go from there. But you know, like by the time two weeks passed it, uh, it was very obvious this was not going away anytime soon. By then, my work had gone remote and everything. So we just kind of let it hang for a little bit. We just communicated with people in the Discord, let them know where things were. Everybody was very supportive of the fact, like, hey, we're not doing events. Like, you know, there, there are always going to be some folks who are like, well, you know, I you know I don't think this is as dangerous as everybody says it is. So I think we should be playing. And we were like, well, we're not. So there you go. So we sort of spent a couple months in limbo trying to figure out what to do. But like I said, we, we were doing fine because we had the Patreon. So we were still getting some income to like pay our office rent and stuff like that. And I, you know, instead of working from home, I would get up in the morning and I would drive to the goblins and growlers office where I was the only person in the building and I would work there. So that way, when I got done with my day job, I would just sort of play around on the whiteboard that we had there trying to figure out like how we could pivot, what's our strategy, et cetera, et cetera. And eventually I was just like, well, you know, I don't have sort of an immediate thing that we could do other than we need to just start counting on that event income not coming back, or at least for a long time. Because there were, there were folks who were like, well, you know, maybe we should just sort of like wait until July and see what's happening then. I was like, yeah, we can wait until July without making a plan. But, you know, I'm pretty confident at this point that, the reality of the situation is going to be the same in July as it is now. We're not going to have public games. There aren't going to be conventions. We're just going to kind of have to figure it out. We uh, ended up like our audio editor or audio engineer. We ended up like terminating him because he was able to make more money from unemployment than he was from us. And he just kept doing the work <laughs> like on a volunteer basis, essentially, so that was good. So the podcast didn't miss a beat. And we just kept sort of like waiting. It, it was very much a wait and see. And then as we got into, you know, the earlier parts of this year, like I got vaccinated in March, Every like everybody uh, in the leadership was vaccinated by I think like May or June at the latest, I think. So we were able to have like in-person meetings again, start sort of planning the business, plan for the return to conventions. And, you know, even though Delta has come up and there's talk about, you know, the Mu variant and stuff like that, most of us are kind of in a, well, you know, as we're vaccinated, as long as we wear our masks and everything, it's probably pretty safe for us to not necessarily return to normal, but to just take some cautious chances or educated, educated movement on things like going to Queen City Anime Con. Uh, there was a lot of talk about that, about whether we should do it. And ultimately, we were, we were like, well, you know, you either have to have your vax card or you have to pass a test before you can come in the door. It's going to be there's going to be a mask requirement because the, the county imposed one there. So we're like, it's it's about as safe as it's going to get. And, you know, I um I felt very safe there. You know, we talked about maybe some other convention possibilities before the end of the year. We'll see how that goes. You know, GalaxyCon didn't, they ran their Raleigh event this year, but they didn't run their Richmond event this year because like when they normally do it in February, everything was still kind of dicey as far as vaccinations. So we're, you know, we're going to wait and see if they end up having a Richmond event in February, but I have to imagine that we would probably be there if they do, or at least we would want to be there. So we're coming out of COVID a lot stronger than we expected to. You know, we had we had some, some bumps in the road over the last year, definitely. Some COVID-related, some not. And uh, we're definitely coming out in a much stronger position than I thought we would be in terms of, like, all the new merchandise that we've got that we spent most of the time during quarantine producing. Like, we hired writers while we were in quarantine, so we would have content ready to go for events when we came out of quarantine. But what we're doing is taking it and going ahead and, you know, publishing it. And then we'll still have it for events later. And just, you know, focus on the things you can control instead of the things you can't. So like if we can't be running events or going to cons during COVID, let's use this time to better position ourselves so that once we do sort of get a little further away from COVID, we're in a much better position to capitalize on people who are returning to in-person events and are, you know, ready to be back in a community setting, maybe spend some money to support a local business, that kind of thing.
0: That sounds like a pretty solid plan.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's worked out pretty well so far.
0: Yeah, it's good to hear. Okay, so tell me about the new podcast, the Goblins and Growlers podcast.
1: Yeah, so Josh and I have been trying to start this podcast for literally like a year. And it was always just like, hey, we should really start a different podcast. And like, yeah, okay. And then we would record some episodes. (laughs) And then we would never like pull the trigger on it. Because it's not just like, you know, obviously, you have a podcast. So you understand what I'm about to say. Like, it's not just the recording of the podcast. You have to edit the podcast. You have to market the podcast. You have to figure out how to get it distributed on all the different platforms and everything like that. So after a couple of false starts, I was finally like, I am tired of us pretending like we're going to start this podcast. (laughs) So let's just do it. So we started recording a bunch of episodes. We've got like probably a couple months of content in the can. And we just sort of wanted an outlet because Josh and I really enjoy just like talking about stuff. Like we're really good. We're really good friends we do a lot of writing collaboration together. We both have, we have both similar and very different opinions on what kind of tabletop role-playing games we like, what kind of board games we like, just, you know, gaming in general. And there's all this, like, you know, I follow the TTRPG Twitter and everything, and there's always something that's on there that's worth having a conversation about, whether it's the, combat wheelchair or the accusations for the Candlekeep keep mysteries book that they that like wizards edited one of the stories to really focus on colonialism that the writer in no way intended. So I'm like, yeah, let's just start and have like a discussion podcast on stuff. So We've released five episodes, you know, as at the time we're recording this, there's going to be another one that comes out like, you know, on Monday, we're doing it bi weekly for now just to make it manageable, because originally, our plan was to do it weekly, but we're like, well, let's do it. And just start doing it. So we build up some inertia. And then at some point, we can convert it over to weekly. But it's just, you know, we pick one topic, talk about it for about 30 minutes want to make it nice and digestible. So You know, we don't critical roll anybody into having to listen to a four hour podcast of something just make it nice bite sized something people can listen to on a commute or when they go for a walk or something like that, and just have a back and forth on tabletop role playing games and various issues or products or Kickstarters or whatever we happen to be working on at the time. Like, you know, we've got a couple of different things that are in development right now that we might use the podcast as sort of a like a live laboratory to talk about and try and get some ideas. But that one's, you know, it's available now pretty much on most of the same places that Quid Pro Roll is. We're still working on getting it in a couple of other places, but I know it's in Apple Podcasts and Spotify, et cetera. Bizarrely enough, Pandora, which I didn't even realize that you could put podcasts up there until recently. So that's nice. But yeah, it's, you know, I would appreciate anybody giving it a listen. And if you do give it a listen, just know that we're still working the bugs out because we decided to start it before we 100% had it nailed down, just because you can either wait forever and potentially not release something if you're trying to do it perfectly, or you can just do it and get better over time. And we chose the latter.
0: That is always uh, the dilemma with start your podcast or don't start your podcast, but. Mm -hmm.
1: Just do it. Just like, just put it out there. (laughs) Like it may suck at first and it's probably going to suck at first, but you'll get better. Mm. You'll get better.
0: (laughs) And it helps that you at least have experience with the other podcasts.
1: Exactly. And we also have a bit of like a built-in audience who is predisposed to listen to some of it. Um, so that's, yeah, that's that always helps. good while I'm thinking about it too. I do want to plug our discord cause that's where most of our community hangs out. Um, it's the goblins and growlers discord and you can get there at bit.ly slash goblin discord. It's a open invite for anybody.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely have that in the show notes too to help you guys find that. Awesome. Are you using the same audio engineer to help with editing for this new podcast too?
1: No, it, we felt like that would be really like unfair to him. Cause like, <laughs> like, you know we can't pay him what he's worth we pay him as much as we can but we can't pay him what he's worth so we don't want him to get behind on quid pro roll which is kind of the priority the goblins and growlish podcast i'm not going to say that it's like a vanity project for me and josh but it's kind of more of a laboratory right now where we're trying to find out what works best with it and what we have the most fun doing and what people seem to connect with so either he or i edits it we essentially are doing the digital equivalent of live to tape we'll record it i you know, I. I use audition to edit and I'll just take out the hesitations, ums, coughs, heavy breaths, things like that. Put, put our music and our intro bumpers and our outro bumpers on it and give it a quick uh, scan through and then upload it. We did like use uh, a freelancer to edit one episode just to help us get a little bit ahead of our own curve. But you know, really it's like either me, Josh or Sharon editing the podcast to try to get it ready. Cause it doesn't need to be super fancy. Cause like with Gabe editing quid pro roll, He's, like, composing, you know, themes, leitmotifs for characters. He's doing his own sort of, like, really interesting performance art intros for it. And we love that. And we want him to have the time to do that. So, like, please focus on that, which is the podcast that has almost 30,000 downloads versus this one that me and Josh are just kind of fooling around talking about the Dark Tower board game on.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, really, especially when it's a talk podcast. I don't feel like it needs to be that fancy. No, not
1: really. Like, like I said, just make sure everybody's heavy breathing and uh, our (laughs) our, like five or six seconds of nothing being said gets cut out of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Okay, so I know we're getting a little low on time, but I want to make sure that I ask a question that I love to ask in every episode. So, when you look back over everything from when you first started in 2018 and how it grew, and then COVID and just everything over the last couple of years, what would you say has been the most challenging part?
1: I think the most challenging part, I have two answers for that question I have challenging for me and challenging for the business. I'll start with the business. The most challenging part for the business, I think, was over the last year when there was just a lot of uncertainty about income, there was some other stuff going on behind the scenes that like, I really don't want to get into, but you know, the people listening to this who are in our community, who know what I'm talking about, know what I'm talking about. So there was that there was just the uncertainty of like, when, when will we start to see some semblance of normalcy? Like what is goblins? There were a lot of conversations about like, where's goblins and growlers going without events what does this mean for us? Are we going to turn into a whole other kind of business? And, you know, we're still we're still trying to answer those questions a little bit because we've had two events, you know, like post-vaccination events, but we're not doing anything sort of on a regular basis. It's just sort of wait and see because, um, like, after we had our last event, that was when, like, Delta really started flaring up and you started seeing a lot more conversations about, like, oh, people should wear masks and things like that. So we decided if, like, if we're going to be having an event, where we have to tell people that you got to keep your mask on all the time. Like it's, for like sitting around these tables and everything in a tiny brewery, like we just probably shouldn't be having the event. So we, uh, and you know, we were vax carding people and stuff too. Like, I think going to queen city anime con was different because that's a much larger space that you're putting these people in. So we're just kind of waiting to see what kind of rhythm we'll fall back into as we get toward the, you know, last part of the year in terms of events. So the uncertainty is probably, my answer there. And all you know, also there's some really bright stuff on the horizon too. So I think it's going to be fine no matter what it's just made us. It, it forced us to have a lot of conversations just about like, what is this and what is it going to be? And that kind of thing. I, I refer to goblins and growlers in a, like a, one of our pivotal meetings as the drummer from Def leopard, because like we did a thing, we were really good at the thing we did, but then we lost an arm and we had to figure out a way to train ourselves to get back to that high level of performance with the missing arm. So that's why we're the drummer from Def Leppard. But for me, for me, I would say the most challenging thing, that's what we're talking about, right? The most challenging thing? Have I lost the thread of the question?
0: Yes, we're still talking okay. about challenges.
1: Okay. Yeah, for me, the most challenging thing was that well, I was, um, like, after I got laid off from the newspaper, I was unemployed for just over a year. So, Goblins and Growlers was the thing that sort of got me out of bed in the morning while I was looking for jobs and not having a whole lot of success. The most challenging thing was trying to stay focused on keeping the business going when I was also trying to keep myself getting paid. And, you know, knowing that I'm working on this thing that is not actually providing any kind of living for me at the moment, but that it could at some point. So, I had a lot of uh, conflicting emotions about that, but, it, you know, it was not a perfect. It, it, It wasn't like perfect how everything played out, but it played out, I think, the way that it needed to because, you know, GG is still super strong. I've got another job. uh, And now when I work on GG stuff, which is what I've been doing all morning, and I'm probably going to like run some errands after we're done talking and work on GG stuff some more like I can actually have fun when I'm trying to develop like stories or products or stuff like that from us rather than feeling I'm just grinding to stay alive until I can find a job. So there's two answers to your question.
0: And honestly, I relate to both of them. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. All right. Let's flip it around, though. And, make, and on a more positive note, what would you say has been the most rewarding part of it all?
1: The most rewarding part of it all, without hesitation, has just been the people that I've met and the friends that I've made. Like, there are uh, folks who regularly, when we have events, play at my table. And, um, you know, we hadn't seen each other for you know, like a year uh, went until we had this last event. And we just fell right back into the rhythm. Um, this guy, Lucas, who I love playing with, this guy, Jefferson, like, I've played with them so many times. And everybody's life has changed in the last year and a half. But it, it was just like old times. Like, they know what kind of game master I am. I tend to lean more toward goofy stuff. Uh, they like to lean into the goofy stuff that I'm doing. Uh, people who I met and, and friends and acquaintances with now who I never would have met if it weren't for gobbles and growlers. Um, it's just, it's, it's amazing. I've always, I've always been an introvert in my life until like circumstances, like a promotion at work forced me to become a public speaker, which in turn led me to being able to teach as an adjunct for jour- like a journalism adjunct at Virginia Commonwealth university, which meant I had to speak in front of uh, students and stuff which gave me the confidence to start goblins and growlers and essentially be the MC for those initial sessions that we were having. It's, it's built my confidence as a creator. It's built my confidence as a performer on the podcast. It's built my confidence as a business person, which is something I never thought I would be, but you know, I'm, I'm sitting here analyzing sales reports for us and looking at like, you know, along with other people, I'm not doing the whole thing myself, certainly. But looking at it, like trying to figure out, well, what's asking questions like, well, what's our best return on investment for this amount of time and this amount of money, which is not a conversation I ever thought I would have. So it's been a huge confidence booster for me in my ability to like talk to people, make friends with people, run something, collaborate with people. It's just been an, an incredible net plus in my life.
0: That's really great. Like I appreciate, I guess, like when people are able to start something that is fun for them and is able to just help them grow beyond like anything that you're able to think of.
1: Mm-hmm. Gob- goblins and Growlers is one of the best things that ever happened to me. And like, I didn't make it happen. It took a lot of us working together to make it happen. And not even just my business partners, but the people who were Nice enough to come out to our games. uh, The people who are nice enough to give us ideas. People like Gabe who were nice enough to say, yeah, let me help you with this audio editing. People like Alex who are like, you guys seem okay. I want to work on this project with you guys for this podcast. A lot of good luck had to happen for all this to come together. And you do make your own luck, you know, generally by being nice to people, trying to help them and not being a dick. But beyond that, there is like the universe does have to help provide for you now and again. And we were just very lucky that the universe did. And it hasn't been without bumps or bruises or anything like that, but we're, we all just consider ourselves, I, I am going to speak for everybody else and say, I, we consider ourselves very lucky like Josh and Alon and Alex and Gabe. And, uh, I think maybe one or two other people are actually down at dragon con right now doing panels at dragon con because of the stuff we've built with goblins and growlers and quid pro roll. Like, That's amazing. It's, it's, you know, it's one of the biggest cons on the East Coast. And they're down there able to do this because of what we've started. We've been able to go, we've been able to do panels at MAGFest. You know, we were like a key component of Queen City Anime Con. It's just opened up so many cool opportunities for us to collaborate with other creators and to take our own projects and bring them to life. It's just been amazing.
0: That is really cool. Congratulations for having your team being on panels. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and like,
1: you know, I and I want to make something super clear because I don't want to get anybody to get any like any impression otherwise like I'm not in charge of goblins and growlers. We the four of us who own it have each have a 25% ownership stake. So, I'm not the boss of goblins and growlers. We all run it together, we vote, we come up with things together. So, don't misapprehend that I'm like, you know, CEO and president of goblins and growlers because <laughs> I don't want that responsibility. <laughs> That's fair. That's a lot of
0: responsibility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, before we wrap up, is there anything that's coming up that you haven't talked about yet that you wanted to get a chance to share?
1: Oh, man. Um, we don't have any cons immediately on the horizon. Like I said, we're hoping to be at MAGFest in January, and we're hoping there'll be a um, GalaxyCon in Richmond in February. Um, we have a store on itch.io that's got a couple of things up there, That's uh, and we'll be adding to that uh, in the next few months, I hope. Uh, to make more of our content available digitally. I really feel like we've hit on everything. We talked about Discord, talked about um, the two podcasts. Um, You know, I mentioned the Patreon, but, you know, I'll plug that again. Patreon.com slash Goblins Growlers, because I accidentally squatted on Patreon.com slash Goblins and Growlers and haven't been able to uh, reset the password for that. So, you know, it is (laughs) what it is. Um, So patreon.com slash goblins growlers, we release our one page dungeons, there, original monsters, traps, original audio content and supplements for quid pro roll. So it's pretty great. It helps pays the bills pays the bills for us. So if you listen to quid pro roll or the goblins of growlers podcast, and you like it, you know, you can give us $5. We won't say no. Uh, So that's nice. You know, the quid pro roll comes out every Thursday, goblins of growlers podcast every other Monday. Yeah, we're just kind of We've been so busy this year that I'm actually looking forward to you know September, October, November, December as a time where we can sort of focus on some new product ideas that we have and that we want to debut in either late 2021 or early 2022. So, as opposed to like stuff where like places we're going to be or something that's coming out, it's more just like we finally have time to like sit back and reflect on the events of the year and make some plans for 2022. So, I would say keep an eye out in 2022 for what we've got coming, you know, we'll, we'll have a new product coming out probably for the holidays. And then hopefully we'll have a bunch of new stuff coming out in 2022. So join the discord bit.ly slash goblin discord to stay up to date on all those things.
0: Perfect. I look forward to seeing what you guys do next. Well, thank you so
1: much. I really appreciate you uh, inviting me to be on here after a random Twitter conversation.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Uh, Where can people find you?
1: People can find me on Twitter at at way of Brandalore because the Brandalorian was already taken by some other guy named Brandon because I just wasn't quick enough on the draw. So it's way of Brandalore. I'm on the Goblins and Growlers Discord. I am the Brandalorian there because I'm one of the owners of the Discord. So I get to be whatever I want on there. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Once a month on Tuesdays, we have the Goblins and Growlers um, book club on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash growling goblins studios, which we hope to change the name of soon back to goblins and growlers. But I'm occasionally on that. But every month we talk about a sci-fi book of some sort. Uh, we work with at feminist.reading.list on Instagram. And she chooses the books and moderates for us on that. Uh, so I show up occasionally on there. Like I said, the go- me and Josh host the goblins and growlers podcast. And I am Charles Gravyboat Barnes, monk slash bard slash barbarian wrestler on quid pro roll every Thursday
0: such a great character concept oh yeah
1: i'm a huge wrestling fan so i based him on old south wrestlers from the 1970s and
0: 80s nice (laughs) that's awesome well cool thank you so much for coming on brandon this has been really fun
1: oh yeah i've had a blast thank you so much for inviting me
0: you just finished another episode of role play grow To check out the show notes from today's episode, you can go to lightheartadventures.com slash RPG. To keep up with every episode, please subscribe on your podcast player of choice. And if you're enjoying the show, I would absolutely love if you would leave me a review and share this episode with your friends. Your review might even get featured on an upcoming episode. To follow me on Twitter, you can either find me at lightheartadv for our business account, Or at Ketra WCR for tweets on gaming, my dog Bowser, and other random shenanigans. You can also find us as Lightheart Adventures on both Instagram and Patreon. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time on Role, Play, Grow.